0: And goes around to the north. Around and round goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To a place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness, a man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new. It is already, It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of latter things yet to be among those who come after. This is the word of the Lord. Please be
1: seated. Hey, I was going to say, if you're a kid here, you're like we're all kids. I mean, yeah, that's true. But if you're like you have parents here that are still kind of in charge of you, I was going to remind you of uh, the benefit of being able to to be together in worship. It's a big deal to us, and we we want you here, so we're excited about that. And as you get older, and I was talking to my boys about this, so. I thought I'd tell all of you: as you get older, uh, you know, the more that you can like pay attention, you know, for them is like y'all should be bringing your Bibles, you know, and y'all should have them open, and uh, you know, at least pay attention to. to I know you're going to kind of go in and out. So are your parents, you know, during a sermon sometimes, but just you know, have have your Bible if you can read. You can always read the passage, or you could mark something if I speak of a word. So. I just say it to you to say, I want you to participate. And not only that, this this literature, uh, it's wisdom literature, and it, a lot of times if you're a, a younger person, the idea is that you would learn from somebody uh, that that uh, like this who, who's a wise person. So you want to kind of open your ears and say, hey, I, I need to pick up something from this person. They've been down the road and thought about things, and God, in his uh, kindness... Uh, guided their hands to write something that we could learn from. So I just encourage you in that. We want you to participate. We want you learning. We want you to be able to talk to your parents about it and understand it. We want you to bless your parents while you're here by uh, you you not making it distracting for them. And so I just encourage you in that. It's important. And so let's pray together and we'll get started. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask for us to see and understand uh, these truths, I pray you would open our hearts to see them and love them, and treasure them. <clears throat> Lord, I know that uh, for me and for all of us, some some parts of the Bible are not always easy uh, for us to wrap our minds around. Um, and, and yet you, you use them for, for us to grow in wisdom and, and truth. And, and we just ask that you would do that today. In Christ's name, amen. So we are starting Ecclesiastes. Uh, which is a book maybe you haven't read before, maybe you have, I don't know. It is in the Old Testament. It's a part of the wisdom literature uh, of the Old Testament. Uh, Probably most of you are more familiar with uh, Proverbs than you are Ecclesiastes. Uh, A lot of people would say to you growing up, uh, perhaps, like, read a chapter of Proverbs a day, and uh, that will help you. And so maybe you've done that at different times in your life. Uh, some of you may know the story of Job just by somebody saying like, oh, you're going through the trials of Job. I know, you know, you've experienced that. And so maybe you know a little bit of the story. Uh, it's 42 chapters, Job's, Job is, but it's a it's a story about a man's life, a man who walked with the Lord and who faced great trouble, in insane trouble all at once. And so maybe you've studied that or read that or heard about that. Uh, and understand, you know, some of that. Maybe Ecclesiastes, like I said, is new. But it, it, it's interesting because I was telling, uh, I was with a group earlier uh, of our youth age kind of guys and said, you know, uh, it has both some story in it and then like those some short statements, like like short pithy statements. So Ecclesiastes has a lot of different, within the wisdom genre, it has a lot of different kinds of ways of speaking to you. And so you have to take it, each one at, at, at that level, and, and it's helpful for you to do so, I think. And so we, uh, when we read though this, uh, sometimes when you read Ecclesiastes, people will be like, it's negative. I mean, that's kind of, I've just read it with my family, and I have a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, and 6-year-old. We went through it over however many nights, just taking little short segments, not exhausting everything, and just talking about it. And I had, like, revolts, you know, in my house over, like, this guy, I don't know what to think about him, you know. And so we we had, like, kind of this struggle, which is what you're kind of supposed to do. I mean, like, you should read it and be like, hmm, I'm not sure about that, or this this doesn't, it, how do I think about that? Uh, Ecclesiastes will make you stop and ponder and, and, and think about things uh, maybe at a different level. And uh, I, But there are some, even, uh, you know, people from hundreds of years ago all the way up to today that would struggle with it, and it almost feels like uh, what what one ancient rabbi said, "Oh Solomon, where is your wisdom? Not only do your words contradict the words of your father David, they even contradict themselves. So sometimes you might want to just kind of throw your hands up. But again, it's in God's Word. It does address the difficulties of life, the inconsistencies of life. The things that you find hard to resolve, he addresses those things, but doesn't really always answer them. Reichen gives us five reasons to study uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. First he says, it is honest. Like that's one of those things, sometimes you'll have somebody meet with you and say, I just wish, and particularly in a, a more affluent group, dishonesty is sometimes how they get ahead. They have someone to meet with, they put on this mask. They go the next thing, they put on this mask. You go, go you know, the next thing, they're like, and they'll even tell you, you've got to put on a mask for these people. You know, you've got to learn how to act so that they're going to all, you know, and then they go to the club, and this is what you do. And they go to the family reunion, this is how you, you know, and so they've just become really good at masking everything, you know. And so it's no. this is like the mask is off. He is the, the highest level, the way he presents himself here, is at the highest level of kind of human society and culture, but he took the mask off. And you're like, good night. Finally. You know? Someone who's not faking it. Who's not making it look like something that it may not be at all. You know? So, anyway, that's nice. He's honest. Second, it helps you learn what happens if you choose what the world tries to offer instead of what God has to give. So that's, because here's what happens. When say the world has to offer, I, I think we almost have to say in this, he says it that way, I would almost say sometimes too it's just one of those things where um, you can fall in love with the blessings instead of the blesser. And that's just always like this struggle that we would face and so i think that's kind of where the whole idolatry thing kind of you know it comes in third it asks the biggest questions that we still have today so he's he's going to ask questions that are common to man that's one thing about wisdom literature it is it's common you don't read it and say these aren't common you know like sometimes you'll think i don't know i'm a 21st century person like i know things you're like okay are you still asking these questions uh-huh. Well, he was too, right? So that's something helpful. Fourth, it helps you understand the one true God. So he's going to go back to God. He is going to speak about him uh, often, and he's going to say things. It doesn't mean that he always, uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't frustrate him sometimes, but he's still going to go back to who God is. Fifth, um, it helps, us teach, it helps teach us how to live for God and not just for ourselves. So that's, that, and that's a really big deal because I think that it is very, I, I think you could have, I always call it, you know, like a brand of Christianity that is the most selfish brand of Christianity ever, which is basically don't do anything bad and then try to get everything that you want in this life and you milk it for all it's worth for yourself. That's kind of a common deal. And it, you're like, that doesn't even sound Christian. It's like, yeah, but it works. <laughs> or whatever. You know, you're like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. So we have to be careful. We have to think about it and consider it. Now, as we're thinking about Ecclesiastes, I think those are helpful reasons to study it. And I think it will help you in your study of it. Now, we start with verse 1 and 2. And we I think one thing to just say is who is the author uh, is a big question for people. And that was a really big deal Uh, particularly in the 20th century, early part of the 20th century. uh, A lot of people were battling over all kinds of things about authorship with Old Testament writers and that kind of stuff. Uh, Actually, uh, earlier, uh, um, you know, we were discussing it, and there's this feeling where uh, one of the guys said, like, you know, I don't know that he actually, he he in a way doesn't identify himself, and in a way he does, you know, which is true if you read through it you would say uh, there are aspects of it that could feel like that because he calls himself the preacher, but not he doesn't use his proper name. You know? But uh, for a long time, people have, in the early days especially, they would see it as, this is clearly Solomon. And then there are people that would say, wait, hold on just a second. Uh, Perhaps or maybe he is identifying with Solomon and then, you know, because he because there were other kings, right, in the, in the Old Testament, and so sons of David in that sense. And so other people might say, well, he might be identifying with that, and then as he moves on, uh, he presents himself differently. But at the end of the day, for me, it's easier. Uh, I've always thought of it as Solomon. I think it, it, I, that's probably where I would, would lean and where I would be. Again, authorship to me is not as important, but he calls himself the son of David. He speaks of himself as the king in Jerusalem. Uh, he is writing wisdom literature, which Solomon, we clearly know he did. And so uh, that would probably be where I would end up. So just kind of thinking in terms of that, I think that that's, that's easier for me to say, I'm good with that, I, I'll move on. So again, there's other people that would think differently. Now, The message of Ecclesiastes, that's kind of the next step. In verse 1 and 2, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So then you're kind of left with, what in the world, what's he saying? That's your message? Like, are y'all excited? Everything you do is a waste. I mean, that's kind of one way you could like, you're like, what? Like this is not fun. That's kind of where I started getting kicked back at the very second verse in my family. What? Then why are we doing anything? You know, or whatever. You know, those questions do come to us because what is he saying? the The actual word you would say is is almost like it's a vapor. It, it's it's like smoke. It's insignificant. When my uh boys uh were little Do you all remember those bubble machines that would send out all the bubbles they'd chase after them and grab them well i mean early early on they could never get to them but when they could finally get to them they like reach up there and touch and then it's gone he's saying this is what life is today they like smoke bombs do you all like smoke bombs I don't like the way they smell. But I do like the different colors. But it's so short-lived. You know, I might capture it on on the, on the phone. But like they love to do the smoke bombs. They think they're fun. But that's kind of what it's like. They are there and then they are gone. Anna recently took the boys to Ripley's, believe it or not. And they went into a room... It was like one of those mirror kind of rooms, and as they're walking through, it appears one way, and then like you're like, "Wait, I'm not there." Everything has all of this, uh, th- these kind of shocking things that are going on. But that one particularly um, kind of hit me as as a reminder of that because we'll think, "No, it's right there. I can see it," you know. But the the mirrors are making your eyes play tricks on you, and so. I think life is, at some level you're saying, like, it is a vapor, which means there is a lot of it, it's short. There's a certain level of it that it's short and it's not as, it's not what you think all the time. The other idea of it is that it's puzzling. It's vanity in the sense of it's an enigma. We can't really, we're frustrated by it. It doesn't make sense. So, for instance, in some young people or older people that are just simple, think like Job's friends, which is, if I do everything right, everything will turn out right. They're simple. A- and here's the deal they may have just lived a really easy life. But the reality is, is life's not always that way. That's proverbial. Wisdom requires you to say, things don't always turn out okay. We live in a fallen world. Things are not always easy. People die too young. People lose their jobs. People lose their ability to do their jobs. In a moment. In a split second. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that goes wrong in this world and a wise man does not say, you always reap what you sow and if you do good, you'll always get good and everything will be great. Wisdom says, hold on just a second, I've seen a bunch of stuff and I've seen too much to know that that's not true. You can lie to yourself about that, but one day you'll probably be checked. You can almost count on it. Because I've read wisdom literature, and wisdom literature don't allow you to think that way. That, that's just something to just say to yourself. So I think it's it's saying there are these things in life. Life has a lot of puzzling things that I can't fully understand or bring out. So there, there's something there's it's like a vapor. Life is short and quick, and it's over, and it doesn't seem like it always turns out like it should. And it's just uncomfortable. And so if you pursue money, pleasure, knowledge, and power, and you get all those things, you're still going to be left with those perplexing and puzzling things. It wasn't what I thought it was. It was there and then gone. That's kind of the idea. So people do try to say, some people, knowledge is a big deal. You like to read books, and you can't wait. Until the next book comes out by your favorite author. And you get it and you're, then you're like, is there another one? Because it doesn't really satisfy you. And, and so that might be something. Knowledge might be your pursuit. Uh, you might say, I'm going to get as much information and be as wise as I possibly can. But with increased knowledge, it, there's increased sorrow. That's what the scripture says. So anyway, you keep going, you're moving along, and you think, okay, but then somebody might say, okay, I'm not going to just pursue knowledge, knowledge was not enough, but all my knowledge got me money, and so I'll get all the money and the ple- all the, the kind of, let's say with that money I'm going to get all the pleasures that I possibly can, and I'm going to go everywhere I ever wanted to go, I'm going to see everything that I've ever wanted to see. And I'm going to experiment with those things that are supposed to bring pleasure. And yet, this man who did this stuff, he says, you know what, man? All, it, all of the the pleasure that you try to, like, eke out of life, it will not bring the... the it, it, it's almost like you think, I got it, and then, like, the smoke, it just... The smoke bomb, it just dissipates. It's gone. I can't, it just can't get it. You know, I'm reaching for it. I can't get it. Some people uh, try to, to to do something really significant maybe with their work. And th- this could be a for-profit or non-profit, you know, where you build something great. And, and you might even end up with your name on a sign somewhere, you know. And they're like, this is the center of, that you know, And it could be in any kind of endeavor. Like I said, it could be for profit or not for profit. Uh, but, but ultimately, you're saying, like, I'm going to try to make some level of this heavy labor will make something of myself. And you say, well, he struggles. He struggles with this. He says, it doesn't really do what you think it will do. And then he says, so if you pursued all the knowledge and all the pleasure and all the work and accomplished all the stuff, and you get to the end and you think like, well, I got to do all those things. Even though he says, I've done all those things. And they won't get you what you want. They, what they promise is what they don't deliver. He says, ultimately, death's going to get you. Death is coming for you. It's chasing after you. And it's going to win. That's what he says. So this wise person is saying like, death's coming after you. And when it comes, it will win. And then he stops, and he's looking at all that, and he says, again, as far as vanity is concerned, like, he doesn't say, oh, well, I just kind of came to the conclusion there's not a God, that's and He's not good. And he doesn't even say that. He says, what's perplexing about it is I believe there is a God reigning on the throne, and He is good. But I don't quite understand why He does what He does. So he's dealing with that kind of struggle again when we're thinking about this vanity of vanity he's he's saying oh hold on just a second uh this god is working in the world and i can't figure out why he does what he does so he does have a sober view of life and it's not bad for you to have that sober view of life he is going to help you understand those things and and I, and I think you have to say he will also give you a glimpse of 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 something and I, this is an important part there is a phrase mentioned over and over which is under the sun it it's it's not and I think it's important to say a christian and a non-christian deal with that kind of perspective I mean that's for you this morning when you're looking at it and you're thinking about it. It is really hard for you to get beyond the sun. And and what I mean, like, is like you kind of almost you live in that mindset of like I can see what I can see. I, I, I mean, and and all I can see is this: that every pursuit. That I pursued everything that I've sought to obtain. I've raced over it after it. And even if I got it, it's almost like um, it, it's it might be sweet for the moment. And then it's like it ran away. How did it do that? That's kind of the way you would think about it. But ultimately, when you're looking at this, he knows that there is a God. And he doesn't fully understand even... Like when he steps back, even as someone who's not skeptical of God, when he looks at life under the sun, there's a lot of complexity, a lot of things that puzzle him. He doesn't quite understand. And so what he's going to do in this book, because we're going to like you need to kind of get to this place, is at the end, he's going to say, I can't answer all your questions. I, I can't answer all the things that that will go wrong. I mean, there's things that are going to be puzzling to you. What I can do as a wise teacher is say to you, live in awe of God and follow what He says. I, I, I can't... All your butts. I mean, you know, you're going to ask... I, I can't even say that your life is going to be happy all the time. I, I can't say that. But I can say... I want to take you to the throne, you know, I'm going to carry you up there, and he's going to do that. He's going to take us to those places at times through Ecclesiastes where we will carry you up to a view of God and let you see him and say, you know what, this day God fed you, enjoy that day. This day uh, God allowed you to enjoy your spouse, enjoy that day. This day was a happy day. Just enjoy that moment. Like, just, it's not always going to be that way. Just, but just let me take you and let you just get a glimpse of God. And ultimately, in the final analysis of all the perplexing things in life, like, trust that He is who He says that He is. Put your hope in Him, live in awe of Him, let Him make something of all of this feeling of meaninglessness now we're going to keep going and then we'll look at uh, I'll we'll bring all this together at the end look at verses 3 through 11 he's going to look at things and he's going to say what gain has man had from all his toil uh one of the authors kind of started in his commentary uh speaking of Benjamin Franklin and just said like Benjamin Franklin was always thinking about gain. Like, you know, what would be a, a wise way to go about this so that I can, you know, we could take advantage of, of, of the situation. Not of advantage of people necessarily, but just make the wisest kind of decision. And so he's saying this guy in that kind of mindset, he's saying like um, if you're looking at a, a profit and losses kind of thing, he said like what profit, what's come of this? Gonna work my tail off. What am I gonna get from it? From doing all this uh, in this world? Um, this is what he says. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains. This is kind of what he says. It, this is it's interesting. He's saying like, here's the problem. You're not staying here very long. So if you get a lot out of this world, whatever it is, um, like the next generation is right behind you. I mean, you're, you're going to be there one day and then like gone the next, like you're coming to the end. At just In some ways you think just as you felt like you look up in your life and say, just as I really began, just as I you know, accomplished some things, I understood some things, now I'm ready to do something. And then you're going to see things begin to uh, slow down and you will be gone. And so he's saying like, man, what gain is there in all of your toil when you know that you're like sh- only here for a short time? And not only that, those who come behind you, he'll talk about this in the book, they may be sorry. I mean, that that's another thing. You might be saying like, who knows what they'll do with the things that I have done anyway so there's a lot of stuff like that now I, I read a, a and it's just kind of a quote from a poem but uh kind of illustrates this I saw a man pursuing the horizon round and round they sped I was disturbed at this I accosted the man it is futile I said you can never you lie he cried and ran on you know so it's just one of those things where you're like my goodness like your life the, the earth is kind of moving, but you're sitting there and and, and it's, it's, it's coming along, but you're thinking like, oh, I'm moving, moving, I'm going somewhere. And then all of a sudden you're gone and someone comes behind you who is too forgotten that he will only be here for a short time. So verse 5, though, he's going to use all of these, uh, you know, like he's going to use the sun, he's going to use the wind, he's going to use w- water, all of those things. Uh, and help you see like they're going to stay around but you will be gone the sun rises the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises there's an aspect there where it's coming and going and it just keeps doing it sometimes that's just a little bit like when he's looking at it he's saying my goodness like these days some people say this as they get older I mean uh, my days get shorter and shorter you know and for some of you as you get older your nights get longer because you don't sleep that well in the sense of like the wearying kind of aspects of the night. But he's just saying all along, you're, you're watching this, it comes and it goes, and it, there's a part of it that's just like another day, another day, another day. That's one way to look at life, and that's how he is seeing it. Then the wind blows to the south and goes to the north. It's probably something like because of where he was in Israel. Uh, there that, that happens a lot in the way that it's built as a country. But it's just important, it just keeps coming back. It's like, you you know, the wind blows on you and then tomorrow it's like it's there again. What? Where did it come from? How did it keep doing that? He goes on and speaks of the water. All streams run to the sea, perhaps to the Dead Sea is the idea. But the water runs into the sea and uh, it seems like it never fills. But the river, like, never stops. I mean, I don't even, it just keeps moving through the process. And you're like, ugh. I mean, it's just, I have to watch this over and over and over again. It's wearing me down, but not only that, it's taking me down. And it's taking me out. And it's going to, in a way, carry me away. And eventually, just as the night comes, my lights are going out. And he's looking at that, and you're like, man, this is like, ugh, is this sad or what, you know? What, why would somebody want, if this is the case, why would you even want to keep doing anything? Now, here's what's interesting. He says, nothing is new here. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Now, this is kind of an interesting place to be. And my, when I look at this, I'm like, man, this is, this is really true. No matter uh, what you know you experience, there's kind of this deal of you want just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. And so if you've traveled the world, then you need to go back and hit that place again. I may have missed something there. Or I need to see more of this or that. And no matter how many mountains you see, or maybe how many times you see the mountains, you might just be like, I need to see it one more time. Time, or you might say, Oh, I just can't wait to hear a new song. Somebody's gonna come out with, or maybe my favorite band might come out with this new song, or the next book, or the next game. Like, if you're a gamer, some of you are sitting there, I guess, thinking about playing this game, and you're like, Another level, really, really, like, really, is that gonna be, you know, and so you're looking at all those things, and you're saying, but for whatever reason, even though this, we're never really satisfied, even though we've heard this before or seen this before, what has been done is what will be done, which we had some discussions with, again, uh, the, the the younger guys in there earlier about, like, are there new things? And I was like, yes and no. But, I mean, he's kind of saying, like, look, a lot of times it's just, The packaging of it changes. And so we talked about uh, the 14 generations of iPhones, you know. And we, (laughs) we were talking about those and it's like some people, you know, we're saying they're not changing that much, but I sure want it. You know, I need the next one. You know, that's kind of the idea that you might look at and think about. There's something about this that to the writer here, it's frustrating and fruitless. Both of those things are taking place. Now you're thinking, man, are you almost done? Not quite, but I'm getting close. I'm getting close, I'm close. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things, yet to be among those who come after. So there's still kind of this longing for that, even though there's not, um, it's almost like uh, they're not going to remember it anyway, and so they'll start that cycle over. They're not going to remember that this has already been, seen you know now one thing I want to say just because I want you to think about how how could we not come away just totally doom and gloom here I think what you have to say is this is a horizontal perspective of life I mean that that's where that's where he's at he's under the sun and he's looking at it from a horizontal perspective and I think it's not just that a non believer can't see God, but believers can't see God a lot of times. You cannot see Him for who He is. And so, when you look at, like, in a very secular way at the world, and not only that, even if you can see God, you're still perplexed by things that are going on. But remember, in one of the Psalms recently, he said, I was totally distraught until I went into the sanctuary. There's something about that that reorients everything for them. Because then you can say, instead of saying the heavens go up and down, up and down, up and down, you can say the heavens declare the glory of God. Their speech is crying out to me about God and so sometimes it's like I just need God to help me take take me to the throne and see he reigns yes there are things that perplex me in this life but I know that he is on the throne above that the heavens are declaring the glory of God that the that this is my father's world I need to go back and worship for a little bit and see him and I think about like it takes you a little bit like lamentations where uh, he's lamenting, but all of a sudden he stops in the middle of that all of the lament. And in chapter 3, he says his mercies, they are new every morning. And so in the midst of these things that do just bring despair or that kind of feel like a little bit, they, they you, when you're looking at them, you think like, I can't see any reason to like, really live for something or give my heart to something or whatever it might be the perspective changes when I am taken to see the God who rules over all and he has brought things new and for the Christian on a greater level than this guy would ever understand he has ushered in the new covenant through his own blood he has brought about new life by the resurrection he has given a new heart all those things are new. He's changed me on the inside, a new self. After the knowledge of God, He has transformed me. He's made me a new creation. He has promised the recreation of this earth. And so there's aspects of just seeing this that remind me of what is to come. And it says I'm strange, but I was out on downtown uh, with the boys the other day and we're uh, we we're driving along. It's getting darker, and I was we've been playing around and stuff. And then I saw the Rose Hill Cemetery, and I take them there, and uh, we had all kinds of discussions, crazy discussions. You know, I even talked to them about like, what if you camped out here? You know, I don't know about that. You know, what if I bought us a tent? You could take the tent afterward. Oh. And uh, I was like, nah, they were, you know. So we had all these discussions of all kinds of crazy things. And then at the end, though, I thought, you know, I, I, I want I to talk to them about the resurrection. I want to remind them. I, I want them to see that, like, there's an aspect of this when I look at it and I think, that person lived 100 years ago. Before long, I'll be there. But, but I, want them, I want to take them beyond that and say, you know what? For those in Christ... There is a future beyond that grave. There's one who is victorious over it. So, what makes something that seems so vain not vain is that there is something that God is doing. He is going to make all things new. And so, what do I do? I raise my boys to fear the Lord, to know that He reigns and rules over all that all the complexities that we don't understand, that all the things that might frustrate us, that all of those things that seem futile in this present life, that they have to just carry it before Him and say, Lord, just let me see. Let me see You reigning on a throne. Let me trust You. Let me see. And the the end of the matter is this. Revere Him. Worship Him. And follow in His ways. Even when I can't see? Yes! Even when you can't see! You walk by faith. You trust Him. If He gives you a good day, you give thanks. If He gives you a really hard day, you bow before Him and say, Lord, I don't understand. But in all things, you can trust Him. I'm driving them back. Trust Him. Revere Him. Walk by faith and not by sight. And know that not only is He making Us new. He will make all things new. Ecclesiastes gives us a true assessment of what life is like apart from the grace of God. Life is like without seeing Him, knowing Him. But one day... All that we see here that's in part that really can't fulfill. All, one day he's going to restore all things and there will be aspects of what we experience here that just be transformed there, right? In the new heavens and the new earth. I was thinking about this and my mom mentioned it to me yesterday. She said, you know, like uh, we have this tendency to not really experience the the wonder of moments and we see it sometimes in a real dark way but but we instead of seeing the 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 brightness of situations and kids sometimes early on before they get saddened by a lot of the darkness of this world they, they 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 really embody some things that we could capture and when my kids um in our wrestling like i'll usually stand next to the bed and uh and and they'll jump off and we'll wrestle, you know. Uh they're they're regularly saying, Do it again. Do it again. And they'll jump off the deal and you know, and it's like, do it again, Dad, do it again. And then if I go ride a four wheeler with them, it's like, do it again. Let's do it again. And my whole life is spent like with that right now at their age, it's like, do it, do it again. And some time ago, and I think I have mentioned to you one time, my boys, or my oldest son was out fishing with me. We caught a few fish, and he said, uh, well, I'm good. I mean, we, you know, and I'm thinking like everything's warming up, and the fish are getting right, and we're going to slam them, you know. He's like, I'm good, Dad. I was like, good? They biting, bro. Like, what are you, what are you talking about, good? You know, and uh, he said, you know I don't come out here just to catch fish. I came out here to be with you. You know, and he told me in his own way, let's do it again, let's do it again, because being with me, not the activity, that was the thing, and when you think about your life with the Lord. What you really want to do is in this present life, seek to live with Him, to be in awe of Him, so that the things of this world are, although they are important as He guides you, the most important thing is that you're getting to do it with Him, you're getting to live life with Him. And even in the darkest moments or the brightest ones, you just know the shepherd's with me. And I just want to walk close again with him. And I think about that in my life and in yours, and that's the implication. The, the life of uh, in this age has a lot of troubles, but ultimately the great prophet is that you would turn to him and trust in His Son, and hope in the Gospel, and look towards life everlasting and not just this present life. It will never satisfy. It can't. But one day, those who get close to Him, those who walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, who turn to Him, they will experience life as it ought to be lived. And there's an aspect of Ecclesiastes that says to you, this present world cannot satisfy because you were built for another one. One where delight in God will be the norm and delighting in what he has done will also be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask for wisdom and direction in my own life. And in the lives of those here, that we would see that the reason why everything matters is because we know you, the one who made, sustains, redeems this world. And the fullness of that is yet to come. And so, Lord, we ask that those of us here today who are not in Christ, I pray that they would trust him and by faith they would put their hope in him and they would look forward to a day when everything that is wrong will be made right and in the present that everything they do here will be done for you even when we don't understand and we just ask that that would be true of us in Christ's name amen if you would stand with me at this time if you have uh, been with us here before you know that we take the